Father, there's nothing that you can't do, O oh Lord. There's no instrument of mankind that can measure you. You had no counselor for your infinite wisdom. And God, we're so thankful for your grace and your mercy today. We ask, Lord, that you would enjoy yourself with this service as we honor you, God, and thank you for weeks where we are preparing our heart in celebration of the birth of Jesus. God with us, you with us, Lord. This is the way you made him. This is the way you made a way for us where there seemed to be no way. You made the crooked paths of our life straight through him. You fed us when we were hungry. You clothed us when we were naked. And we thank you most of all for the garments of salvation. Father, you're worthy, O oh God. And you're just and holy. And there's none like you, Lord. And Father, we love you. Some come to your house today, Lord, who are full of joy and others are broken. And yet you're able to meet every need. And thank you for standing us upon the rock to build our homes, to build your church. You have exceeded our expectations, Lord. Thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit in the times we need comfort. Will you send him to open our eyes and our ears to both see and hear your word, O God? For it is our final authority in the earth today. I thank you for men and women who have given their lives in obedience ahead of this day so that we could share freely. Will you give us the strength and knowing that strength only comes from you, God, to endure the seasons, the afflictions, the toil and the trouble. Yet will you place within us the salt and the light of heaven. And it's in the name of Jesus, I pray, because there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. Amen, Amen church. I have a surprise for you this morning. I don't know if I have a surprise. God has a surprise for you this morning. And it's very practical. And I want you to hear this and see this for yourself and then to have confidence in what God is able to do. There's a young lady with us this morning, and I'll let her tell her story. But she flew in last week. She was raised in California, now resides in Portland, Oregon. But she flew in to be a part of her family and a part of what God's doing in her life. But she heard some preaching on a podcast from a little church in Riverton, Kansas. And I want her to tell her story. And so I want to just give her the time to do that here this morning. Would you give a hand clap to Leah? 
phone conversation from her cousin Sarah on her cousin who had heard the word of God and then responded to Christ. Because now real flesh and blood you can see in a sanctuary that was originally across the United States. Is this amazing or what? Or is it just normal Christianity? <laughs> Amen. Leah, we're so happy to have you with us today. And, and I, what I want to do is not just allow you to hear a testimony that was good that you'd remember, but to really bear the burden um, in her life with her. And as she goes home, that she wouldn't be forgotten. And there are ways that her life can be yoked up with you. And the Bible says if you bear one another's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ. And so though she could fly on a plane home, some of you, the Holy Spirit, could just have praying for her, maybe get contacts, and you could write to encourage, and, and God can do that. We all need each other's encouragement. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, amen. You have your Bible with you. If you have your Bible, if you'd turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Last week, we began sharing on the life of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And the barrenness of the womb and all that happened, the prayers that were prayed many years before that were never forgotten by God. And it was nice to see the sober atmosphere last week in our service. For a few weeks, the Lord has really um, begun to just put an effort in me to in some ways, hold back some of my natural passion to make sure that the Word of God is what's leading the church and that the response is the Word of God. And it's been very evident, and I thank God for all He's doing among us where the Word is concerned. If the Word's not leading us, we're easily led astray. And if it's only passion, there's nothing wrong with a heartfelt burning passion that only can be flamed by the hand of our Savior and born and work in the work of the Holy Spirit. But nonetheless, persuasion should always be through truth of God's Word. Amen? And so if you could find yourself in a, a coffee shop or in a break room at your job, you may very well find yourself in many conversations, and some of them be very persuading, some even very passionate. But if our truth is settled upon the Word of God itself, it is the rock of the ages, and it's that your life's able to stand in that. And we've never been in a day when we need to hear that more than the day in which we live, where there are so many divisions among us. We have symptoms of the true problem in our country. The symptoms are all the divisions you see. And the church itself is not exempt from this kind of an attack, though the country would find itself with the symptoms of division, whether it be on color or race or ethnicity or social class, or whatever it may be. This is a symptom to the problem of a house divided cannot stand. And Jesus gave the wisest of words in that day, but thank God we have a season here where at least not only Christianity is reminding ourselves, but we're reminding the world 
of the one man at one time with one birth out of one cross, one death, one baptism, one blood was able to bring all the nations of all the earth together in one by faith and the power of resurrection and then display the love of God to all mankind. And this is the only answer. It is the only antidote. It is the only medicine. It's an aspirin you can give to any situation. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And in here today, as we look in the second chapter of Luke, I'm sorry, let's, let's go to the first chapter, uh, I think. Verse 26. Let's go to the first chapter. I'm going to read quite a few verses. Let's get a really good look. Verse 26, chapter 1 of Luke. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, you have found favor. This word favor also means grace. You have found grace with God. And behold, you shall conceive in the womb and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then, the, then said Mary to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Verse 37, the final verse in this chapter that I'll be reading. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Amen. If you will turn one page, let's read out of the second chapter, verse 7. At the conclusion of what had been spoken by this angel... And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. What we have here is not a story. The Bible is not a story. It is the truth of the ages Heaven and earth pass away, though God's word shall never pass away. The Bible says that had they written in books all that was done while Jesus was here, the world could not contain the books. That means what is written in the Bible matters. It's not just some nice story. If anything, it's history. It's his story. And the whole thing is built upon the premise of the work of God, whether it's in Genesis, in the beginning, God... And he did some things. Or now God is still doing some things. You could tell very evident by the testimony today. He's still up to some things. And last week we talked about Elizabeth. And we talked about Zacharias and the barrenness there. And now we have a virgin. We have two 
very real people with some very real situations. We have this Mary who's engaged to Joseph. She's promised to him in the order of the day. They're both out of the lineage of David. We've seen last week that Zacharias was also, both of them were out of the lineage of Aaron. So the priestly order and the kingly order are now going to come together and God's going to do a miracle in both families. They're partly related. Can you kind of see the picture? But overall, God had appointed this time to bring forth Christ. This was no accident. This was not upon the strength of men and women, but the strength of God. In fact, Mary makes some claims about the arm of the Lord and, and all of his promises and all that's taken place. And her response to the word of God is wonderful. She also had some questions. How shall these things be? Seeing that I know not a man. So you have Mary and Joseph. They've kind of almost send out the invitations. Can you imagine yourself in that place? I mean, really make this practical. Really look at it from their perspective. Joseph and Mary, they were in high standing religiously in the day. They had a good standing. So it would be as equivalent to a couple that's been uh, seeing one another. They're going to get married and you talk to their pastor. And especially it's greater than that because this is an answer right from God. You talk to God and he says, wow, they're, they're just great servants, you know. But then you have Joseph and I bet he's excited and Mary's, you know, they're going to be getting married and they planned it. I don't know if they, I mean, it doesn't tell us, but they, you know, have they sent out the invitations? You know what I mean? I mean, they know who's coming and how many will be at the wedding. And I've been to some of your weddings. I mean, it's quite a doing. But then you've got Joseph and Mary and now you've got this angel coming to Mary and saying this unbelievable, naturally unbelievable thing like, guess what? You're about to get pregnant. What'd you say? And I mean, can you see, <laughs> I mean, Julie and I, we, and we have five children and <laughs> every time she said, uh, well, I won't tell you what she said. It's kind of, but we had a way of knowing that, like, hey, she might be pregnant. Now, she would always do something else with me. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and I, I was always really serious when she would say, don't tell anyone, because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, in a few months, I won't have to. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't hide this very long if you are pregnant. Uh, you can't hide this very long, but I understood what she's saying. She didn't want out just to make sure. And I mean, there was this over, man, I just remember excited. It just put the skip in my step and I couldn't wait. And you wonder if it's a boy or a girl and, and boy, just all these wonderful things going through your mind. And when you go to work, it puts a new skip in your, I mean, you're like, man, you know, I would go to work and just so happy because now, you know, I had a chance to provide not only for my wife, but now there was a child or children. And this just made my, I mean, this was just increasing the joy of my own day and made me want to get out of bed a little earlier and come home as quick as I could. I mean, I've got a family and you see what's going on there. But man, for Mary and Joseph, this was a little bit different. I mean, I don't know what it looked like. The Bible doesn't tell us on the day that she made this announcement on all the details that was there. But can you imagine her coming home, you know, and, and I don't know if she was sitting down, but I'll bet she had to tell Joseph, you better sit down. I mean, and it would sound kind of like a weird message because guess what? An angel came to see me and 
I'm pregnant. I mean, what would, what would Joseph think? This really happened. This really happened. And of course, you know that later as he's agonizing all this, the, the, the Lord was able to speak to him and say, it's okay. But can you imagine the, going to church the next week? Or the third or fourth or fifth month? Can you imagine Mary? Can you imagine being Joseph? The Bible said at one point, if he could have put her away privately, he was considering it. Like, man, is there any good way I can get out of this? You know what I mean? This is not good for my reputation. I mean, how often do we look to our reputation versus the will of God? Where are we putting our reputation in front of God's will at times? Because I don't know about you, but when I was born again, it wrecked the reputation. And I had a choice whether to go with the crowd or to stay with obedience to God and His Word. And are we still making that decision? I mean, we're talking about Mary and Joseph, but it's relative to us. Are we still willing to choose God in obedience and take whatever the world brings? Because he said, after all, when he left, he said, if they do this in a green tree, just think about what they're going to do with you. I mean, if they're going to hang me on a cross, Jesus said, weep for yourself. Like, cry for yourself. If they do this to me, they're really coming after you. And I mean, as much as she said, be it unto me according to thy word, are we saying that today? In this season, we have an opportunity to just say to God, be it unto me according to your will. And his will in this situation was to bring Mary and Joseph in a position that was very much, can you imagine the conversation at church and all the religious orderings and wondering, hey, did you already send those invitations out? And how many people do you have coming? I mean, let that soak in. And yet he held his head high. And here she has something done in her by the Holy Spirit. And we know that Adam brought sin on the whole human race. But Adam wouldn't have anything to do with this child. He'd be carried in the womb of a virgin, born by God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. God was going to make sure Adam had nothing to do, but that he could intercept and redeem us from the curse of Adam, that he could bring forth this son, the only begotten. He wasn't just any son. This wasn't like God looked among the sons. When he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't look among many and then choose the biggest and the strongest. There was only ever one son. There was only ever one in the Godhead. When we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, there was never anybody else. And without this one Son, there was nothing made that was made. There was no creation without Him. When Philip said, show us the Father, and he says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, it's because He's all there ever was. And when you get to be made in the image and the likeness of God, it's after the pattern of this. It's powerful. But the final verse that we read said that she had this opportunity of not just despair. By believing the Word of God at times, there's going to come some trouble in your life. Not everybody's going to agree with you because you embrace the Word of God. Not everybody's going to be excited about your report. And I kept thinking about, when it talks about Mary being a virgin, I kept thinking about Paul the Apostle when he writes and talking about 
presenting us as a chaste virgin in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I don't know how you think about yourself as you come into the church this morning. But do you realize that Jesus Christ, this child, this firstborn, this only begotten is the only one that could present you to God as a virgin never touched? A one never defiled? He's the only one. And yet Mary not only had the pains of all of that that went on, but can you imagine after Caesar Augustus gives the decree and they begin to move to the city called Bethlehem and now there's no room and isn't it just like, uh, isn't it, just like it would be to get into the town and there's not a motel available? I mean, Julie called me one morning and she said her water broke. And I don't know about you, but it's like, what do I do? You know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> I'm the most nervous thing. She's got the bag packed when I get there. You know, she carries them into the hospital. And they never even believed she was going to have a baby when we would go. Because she's carrying them. My wife's going to have a baby. Oh, yeah, right. Check her out. Like we was wasting their time. And then the nurse runs out of there. Oh, we're not even going to be able to get the paperwork done here today. But I mean, I can imagine, I, I mean, I didn't get to the hospital and find out, hey, no hospital today, you know. But we've got a stall. We've got kind of a, there's actually more to that stall than just a basic stall because you'd found a nice spot with some straw in it like we would represent today. But there was something called the Tower of the Flocks and what there was some shepherds that were keeping these little lambs and they would certify the lambs for the sacrifice in Jerusalem. And these were the very shepherds that come in to this birthing spot where the Son of God would now be laying. And it's where they were certifying in times past the very lambs to make sure there was no blemish and no problem. And they got to come into this very spot and spot the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world as a baby. I mean, and I'll never understand how you can get God in this size of a package. But that day, all the angels, as it said, the angels begin to praise God and rejoice. Glory to God in the highest. I mean, I don't know what all they meant by that, but some of what they meant was like they could get all of God as big as He is in a package like this because He was not only man, but He was God Himself. This was the Son of God in the flesh that was born of a virgin under the law that was now going to live and breathe among us to become an eternal high priest so that when you pray, your prayers never go unheard or undone. And that's why He answered the prayer of Zacharias because there are prayers they prayed. And though you may forget someone's prayer, Jesus is interceding always on the right hand of God. And that's the package that was there that day. The, the same angels that were praising God in the highest right here as this great big God gets in a small package inside of this place where some shepherds who had been keeping the literal lambs gets to see the Lamb of God. Now all of a sudden, you have the same angels that could have jumped him off the cross at Golgotha's hill, praising to God in the highest. And we don't even know what heaven was up to. It must have been born in ecstasy of some sort. I don't know. I mean, but something's going on. And forever and ever, we're going to hear about what was going on. God loves so loving us to get to us through His Son. But she had this pleasure also. Not just the pain. I mean, I'd watch his childbirth in our family. And man, so much pain. But at the end, there was so much pleasure. So much joy. And all of a sudden, you had the baby that came forth. And all of our children, they all looked alike when they were little. Amen. 
Okay, I'll get in trouble if I stay there very long. But there was this joy. Oh, man, you could hold them. And you forget about the pain. Is God doing that for you? Is following the Lord so precious to you? The day that he delivered you and all that he's done, is that holding you in the time of your pain? Are you able to see far enough ahead just in faith and prayer of God that it makes all your pain worth? And there's a purpose that's so great that this is okay. I mean, are these contractions of life look like at times they're too much? Can I say to you, we need to look beyond this life. And I think that's something Brother Marty was sharing with us as pastors at our Christmas get-together was that we really need to have eternity on our mind. It's one thing to preach a message that you may like or don't like or you maybe like the speaker or don't, but the point is this, that Jesus Christ came to pave a way into eternity. And we must live our life with eternity in mind. And any time you can remove eternity, you can start having heresy among a nation or among a church. And that's where we found ourselves in America today. So we've never had a day when we need to stand on the word of God more and say, be it unto me according to thy word, O God. But she gets this wonderful opportunity. The Bible said that in the last verses we read, she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. I mean this beautiful. And, and we would take to the hospital the little hat. And it would either be blue or pink. And it would have the little... Uh, the little socks would match and everything had to be perfect. I mean, when we did this five times, I wish we were still doing it, but <laughs> bringing these babies home and I mean, I better back out of there, but we would. And you know, they're a special carrier and it was perfect. And the little, the little covering. And I mean, everything was mapped out on how I pulled up there and we loaded my wife and the man and and just come home perfect it's perfect i remember pulling the first time in with the children like I, you don't know this but this is your home you know like you don't know this but dad welded this together this is your last name up here you see what i'm saying i mean all these things were very exciting for me as a father and 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 I, my wife is a mother and she's always been a tremendous mother and wife and just all this planning but then God had also found someone who found grace in his sight to bring forth Christ. And she's not to be prayed to or worshipped. The Bible never says that at all. But she's definitely to be favored and respected. Just like any other person who would deliver the word of God and be obedient to the word of God. Should have a, just a fervency and a respect to them. And sometimes in the Protestant church, we, we sidestep Mary because the emphasis, especially I believe on, on the Catholic church, who my, my wife and mother-in-law, uh, that was uh, their background serving there. There's an emphasis upon Mary, but Mary has no grounds in the word of God of being able to deliver your prayer or strengthen or any. We see nothing in the word of God like this. But what we do see is a woman that found grace. And as much as she found grace, I thank God for every person I've ever met who finds grace in the eyes of God. Amen. That finds grace by Jesus Christ. I mean, I thank God Leah today shared with us that she found grace with God through Jesus Christ. And, and I know that sometimes she may have pain and she's going to have some joys, but she wrapped this baby in swaddling clothes. What do you think that was like? Wow. 
and watching him grow. And God kind of protected that time. There's a special time Mary had with him. It's his mother. He came out of her. And and not until he's 12 years old do we see some of the first movement. And then later we see him at 30 years old. But he loved his mama. There's no question. He couldn't tell us to honor our father and mother if he didn't. I mean, he loved her. And man, she loved him. And even the trouble and that marriage, you know, getting married and how troublesome it looked with the religious leaders and trying to explain that an angel came to her and that she believed the word of God and God just was wonderful. And she got to see this child born and, and the leaders come and wise men and a star that, I mean, the only thing that angels are singing. Can you imagine what she was able to experience in God that the Bible tells us? I mean, wow. And then Simeon later grabs a hold of the baby and all this wonderful stuff happens and, and the Bible kept saying she hid these things in her heart she hid these things in her heart and i want to end here it's hard to end on this wow if you turn with me to the book of john chapter 19 i want to make one point and then i'll close Chapter 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Now really, get a look at this. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her unto his own home. And history tells us that John took care of Mary until the day she died. Man, when you start looking in the New Testament and you look at what they call the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, their reference was to this whole work. They don't see it through the eyes and the glasses that we're looking. We kind of categorize the Bible and the Old Testament prophets, and it's true, Isaiah 7 and Micah and others who declared this. We look at the birth, and then we see the crucifixion, and then we see the death and the ascension. But these disciples and apostles really seen this as, this was in a three-year period or so of their life, and then, of course, they continued to serve after that. But the book of Matthew, uh, the, most historians say that he, he wrote that about eight years after the ascension of Christ. Are you with me? So this was just a working of their life. They wasn't celebrating the categories like we were. They just knew this to be the fullness of all that Jesus came to do. Like this is what they waited on. They had heard about this from the prophets, but they got to witness the whole thing. But from Mary's perspective, as we're looking at her this morning, do you know how that she started with the pain, got to see the purpose, wrapped this baby in swaddling clothes, and the joy she had for 12 years and upwards of 30 years before he began to enter ministry, but then he began to do ministry. And she was kind of always alongside or would be here or there in the scriptures. But what did this feel like to a mother who got to bear witness to God in the flesh? Literally got to feed him and came to his first birthday party. Don't forget, she really was a mother. 
And she heard these prophecies from Simeon out of the temple. Like a sword's going to pierce your soul, Mary. That the thoughts and intents of those that are around you might be revealed. And it said she hid these things within her heart. And then you see all this thing. You've got, you've got this son of hers walking on the water, feeding the 5,000, changing water into wine, healing, bringing Lazarus from the dead, healing a 12-year-old Darius's daughter. I mean, this is really what happened. And Mary's somewhere watching and seeing this and this buildup from the time of her pain and her purpose. And now she's got to witness all of these things. Don't leave her out at the crucifixion. And the Bible said that there was Jesus stretched upon the cross and he looked down and he saw the disciple whom he loved. But that wasn't all he saw. There's his mama. There's his mother. His literal mother. There's the one that helped him walk. That changed his diaper. Are you with me? That loved on him when he fell down and got a scrape that helped him. And today she wasn't wrapping him in swaddling clothes. Today they're going to part his garments and they've ripped him to pieces. This is the Son of God and this is his mother at the cross site. The one who once wrapped him in swaddling clothes witnessed a wrecked Savior, a child of hers that was so precious and spotless without a scratch or blemish when he come out of the womb that John said is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And now he's beat like he's got blackberry jelly across his back, whipped with the cat of nine tails. But on the cross before he will die, he may have allowed that is God himself for Mary to see the birth of God in the flesh, but he will not allow her to see the death of him on a cross. I thank God for that. He hid the eyes of this precious lady who found grace with God and yet hid him in the arms. And it wasn't until John took the mother away. He couldn't die with his mama watching him. He couldn't die in this situation with his mama watching all of the pain and all of the trouble. Yet she knew within her heart there was something that would happen like this. And so I ask you today, Have you wrapped Christ in your own swaddling clothes? Have you wrapped Him in your prayer? Have you loved on Him? Has He become the one, the one that is your focus? In this season, will we let Christmas be what it is to every pagan across the world? But the church itself, will this be the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ? We'll be forever thankful that God has done this in Him. And may I ask you out of Colossians 1.27, the mystery that's been hid from ages was not just Christ and Mary. And I'm not suggesting you're going to literally get pregnant. But I am saying the Bible said the mystery hid from ages is Christ in you. Is Christ in you. You've heard Mary's story. That was not really a story. It was history, his story, how she found grace. She understood the trouble. She got to not only get so close to God, but she got to birth Christ and love on him and smell that baby's breath. The breath ultimately that breathed into everyone life. 
that's so clean, played with him as a child, that we have no record, we don't see of an eternity, God's going to show all of us. Will you turn your eyes to Jesus that way in this season? Can I ask you in light of this, will you forgive because of him? The one who first forgave us. Will you let his love overcome all your fear? Will you let him say to you through his word? Though he was rejected from birth to death. His final words was, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. He said, it's for you. I'll take what the world has to offer. But for you, he was saying to us, for God so loved the world, he so loved you, that he gave me for you. Will you receive him? Can I encourage you to wrap him in the moments that you have a season like that and love on him? And and accept the pain of this world for following him? Hmm. It is a sober time. This last two weeks, and I think today also, we need to let it settle in. This is more than a store. It's more than a season of celebration. Though we have much to celebrate in the joy and the grace of God. But it should sink in deep enough to hold us in the times that we're unsure. And the quietness and the stillness of the Spirit of God who convicts and convinces. Let Him settle the charge. Let Him settle the situation. So that we have a joy as we approach Christmas morning. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, I have never been born again. I have never put my faith in Christ. I don't, have, I don't have this hunger for the Word of God. I don't have this humility toward the Lord. And I know that because I don't have humility toward anyone else in life. But today I'm going to humble myself before the Savior. I'm going to say, as Mary said, Be it unto me according to thy word, O God. You can bring your joy. You can bring your pain. And he levels the charge and sends you away. Have you ever just come as you were? Cast your care upon him? As we prepare our hearts in this season, is he working on you to go to your neighbor? To help feed somebody who doesn't have food. To help clothe someone who doesn't have clothing. Maybe you've been born again for a long time and serving God. Is it moving you?
I would like to ask you to stand. And I thank God for his soberness once again. And as we worship, I want to say to you, if you're comfortable in where you are praying, we're okay with that. Amen. You always hear the plea of the one who wins souls as wise, clean. But I want to say to you, if you've never been born again, If you've never committed yourself to Christ and to his word, I want you to step out of the aisle and come forward. I don't want you to bow your head. I want you to look at the Savior as Mary did that day on the cross with an open eye and a firm stand and walk openly and honestly toward the Savior and let him give you what you deserve, and that is the grace of God. Maybe it's in this season in your home, you notice the pressure. And you say, I realize, Pastor, today it's caused some real pressure, just the season itself, maybe finances and otherwise. And maybe this is a couple, you know this and you sense it. And just in quietness, if you would like to also come to these altars and pray as a couple, I want to invite you to do that. Whatever need you may have, I'd like to ask you to say to the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And let God's word be the final authority of your life. Maybe you're facing sickness in your body and it causes some real fear at night. I would like to just, I want to just invite you to the only one that can give you peace when there's trouble. Some of you have lost loved ones this year and you're facing the holidays without them. My heart breaks for you. But not because I'm without hope. Maybe because I understand there's sorrow and the love. In quietness, I just like to, in this sober atmosphere, ask you to come. You don't have to. You could pray where you're at. But I want to give you the invitation.